Ring, ring with Renny Revis. Hello and welcome to the show. We've got someone very special with us today. Someone you may or may not know. But don't worry, we'll explain all the inside jokes. Just sit back and enjoy the voyeurism, folks. It's Ring, Ring with Renny Revis. Hey, pals. I'm finally having the bone spur in my gums surgically removed tomorrow morning. Therefore, I'm recording this a few days early, so I don't risk doing my intro post-op sounding like the Swedish chef from the Muppets. Who knows what will occur between now and Sunday, other than having less bones in my mouth and eating mush. If anything happens to me, please let my landlord know she can have the rest of my Gerber baby food squeezy pouches. Today's guest is my friend Ricky Simons. He's a voice actor, comedian, writer, and artist who's loved by fans and whoever profits from shirt sales at Hot Topic for playing Gur the Robot on Invader Zim. Ricky writes and narrates a funny new scripted podcast series called Absinthium Kingdom. Listen at tavicat.com slash absinthiumkingdom, T-A-V-I-C-A-T dot com. I first met Ricky at a recording session for Mighty Magiswords. When I saw his stand-up and heard a bit about breast pumps being little air horns for the baby to signal the mommy to get them a McDonald's hamburger, I knew he was as good at creating lols as he was at creating gross pizza-smeared snot goblins. What's the 411? Here's some info that'll help eavesdroppers better understand our conversation. The day before I called Ricky, police were searching his neighbor's apartment. Hope they didn't find a helium tank from Party City! Episode 5 will clear up, bag, and tag that reference for ya. Nearly a quarter of the meth seized by the DEA nationwide from 2012 to 2014 was from the Inland Empire in California, which is comprised of Riverside County, San Bernardino County, and weirdly, no Los Poyos Hermanos locations. In 1965, Yamaha Motorcycles ran a crossover ad featuring the former Mouseketeer actress Annette Funicello with a chimpanzee named Stanley to promote their film The Monkey's Uncle. This Disney feature is best left in the vault. Ricky tells me about how dangerous bumper boats are. If you'd like to see for yourself how these can go wrong, watch Class Action Park on HBO Max starting at the 47 minutes and 20 seconds mark. This family water park was so dangerous, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw an orca swim by. There's a subplot in the 2013 film Her having to do with the British philosopher Alan Watts. That's all I'll say. I spoiled enough movies in the last episode. Ricky is afraid of losing his head on the Matterhorn ride at Disneyland, which led me to ask my 6'5 friend Steve Moulton how he deals with it. Steve says seats 1 or 4 are best for the talls on the Matterhorn and row 6 on Space Mountain. He tucks his head down and once rode with an unlocked safety bar because it didn't pull past his knees. Steve also says when he goes under the archway on Big Thunder Mountain, the people behind him scream, DUCK! And the word that rhymes with that. Art Instruction Inc. was a home study cartooning and illustrating school that printed talent tests featuring illustrated characters with the words, DRAW ME! I read that salesmen would sometimes show up at the kids' doors after receiving their talent tests and entice their parents to pay for classes. God, I would have loved to have seen the hard sell with frugal parents insisting Sherry's drawing of Spunky the Donkey wasn't that good. 
Ricky, how's Hi. the crime scene? Good. I'm still not sure what happened over in that apartment. Yeah, it's a nice apartment complex. It actually says luxury apartment on the sign out front. But what's great about the luxury apartment sign is that it's duct taped up. <laughs> the sign itself is a crime scene. It is. It really is. You can trace the clues right there. What's great, too, is it's been duct taped up several times. And there's another couple of signs that say, you know, two bedroom, uh, two bath, and then they'll say vacant or available or not available. And those have been redrawn. And I don't know why my landlord just doesn't get a, oh, everything. Why isn't he a person? Why is he just a machine that makes money and yells at me? How are you? I'm okay. I'm eating Vegemite out of a jar. Oh, good. I like Vegemite. You do? I feel like if it goes bad, I wouldn't know. Yeah, it starts off that way. It's like cheese, but made from other stuff. It's like beer cheese. It is Uh, beer cheese. I can't tell if I like Marmalite. Uh, Marmite. Marmalite. I made a new thing. It's Marmalade, but it's Marmite. I should try that, actually. I like it's both marmalade like, and marmite. It's like a British PB&J. Yeah, but you got to put that stuff on thin or you um, you die instantly. <laughs> you have regrets. It's, it's the oleander <laughs> of sandwich spreads. <laughs> <laughs> marmite and Vegemite for me, it was one of these flavors that in my 20s I hated. I would avoid any meal that included something like this. So for me, that was kimchi. Oh. And then one day it just turned around and I said, I want that stink. Yeah. I am craving it. I need the stink in my hot pot. There used to be a Korean taco truck around mm. here somewhere that had kimchi nachos, and I can't find it anymore, and I'm bad, because that was the greatest thing I ever Yum. put in my face. Yum. Nice, solid face feeling. You just shove that in there, and then you go out. I don't know what this is going to do to me later, but right now, good. I like all the soft sensations in my face. <laughs> yeah, the flavor town is happening in my town. It's like the beginning of Gumby, when you're oh, all clay, getting yeah. Gumby, boy, I used to watch that a lot as a kid. <laughs> it was on, boy, when was Gumby on? Because back then in the 70s, we had regular channels and things were on, so they were scheduled. You only had an acid trip Gumby uh-huh. and whatever other three shows there were, right? I think that Gumby came on in the mornings on Channel 13 in Los Angeles and Riverside County. And before regular cartoons, I think is what happened. So if I got up early enough, I could see Gumby and all his surreal wonder. Um, I have to say that once Pokey came along, things got a lot better for Gumby. I mean, Gumby in the beginning was just sort of hideous. I mean, he's made of clay, but it was like you could see the fingerprint in him. Yes, he was more like Mr. Bill. And then later on, he became magical. Uh, Art Cloakey was the creator. Basically, Art Cloakey, I think, figured out how not to stick his thumbprint in everything anymore. Yeah, you want to know that it was crafted by hand, but you don't want to see that it was crafted by hand. No, sometimes it's charming. Sometimes it's just grotesque. Yeah, or like a birthday cake covered in fingerprints. Like, oh, oh, yeah. I have a younger brother who's 20 years younger than me, and I remember when I was at home with him, it had to be him or one of his friends, I don't know. There was a cheddar cheese in the refrigerator. I took it out, and there was a perfect green fuzzy thumbprint in the middle of the mm. cheese. <laughs> like somebody had just grabbed that cheese. And just pressed her thumb right down. And then the, whatever ointments were in the flesh traveled into the cheese. Yeah. Was it luxury cheese? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you know, try to not lounge in filth, but I appear to be unable to avoid it. Living in Los Angeles, Tavisha, she's from Los Angeles. She's from uh, the Valley. I'm from Riverside County. So uh, it's where all the white people came to California from. Oklahoma and places like that. Like my mother's family came from Oklahoma. They came over for the meth mines, right? They came for the meth mines, yeah. Basically, they got as far as Riverside County and that's where the horses died. Let's make it our home here. Oh, what's in these mines? Oh, meth? Oh, excellent. The the meth (laughs) rush was quite a thrill. If you ever want to see what my life was like in the 70s, 
watch the Clint Eastwood films, Any Which Way But Loose or Any Which Way You Can. Now, I didn't have a benefit of an orangutan in my life, but those scenes were filmed either in Rialto, California, Mm -hmm. where I was originally raised then, or I went to Riverside, or Oklahoma, because they are identical. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they just switch back and forth between those areas. So if you watch those films, Clint Eastwood works in a junkyard or something. His best friend is a orangutan named Clyde. And uh, he's fighting with this motorcycle gang, but more like an Annette Fenicello motorcycle gang. You know, they're not like dangerous. They're not orangutans either. Yeah, they're humans, but they're dumber than the orangutan. And uh, Clint Eastwood does this hilarious thing where he's driving in a truck with his orangutan buddy, Clyde. And he'll say, right turn, Clyde, and Clyde will punch whoever's outside the window. <laughs> it was uproariously funny uh, when we saw that in the drive-in when I was a kid. Just punching anybody going by. Yeah, anybody. Riverside County, uh, San Bernardino County, the whole Inland Empire is where I was raised <laughs> in. And that's pretty much where all the white people came to from Oklahoma and Kansas and Kentucky. And they're like, oh, Los Angeles is scary because it has brown <laughs> people. So let's kill the horses here and we'll build the mess mice. <laughs> It's like Field of Dreams, but with meth. (laughs) (laughs) Their hometown buffet was just an assortment of horse meat. Oh, yeah, sure. Every weekend, my dad would be like, hey, it's horse meat weekend. Let's go on down. There was a park called Fiesta Village. White people were okay with interacting with other races in Riverside County, uh, San Bernardino County. In the Empire, in that time period, as long as it was food-related. Oh, okay. So there was a place called Fiesta Village that was down the hill from uh, where I lived for a brief time in Grand Terrace, California. That was the only place that I knew of that had a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> so that was my cultural experience as a child. Fiesta Village, yeah. Village. <laughs> Fiesta Village. As long as one of the words is in English, we'll feel yeah. comfortable. <laughs> I'm forgetting either enchiladas <laughs> or hamburgers at the restaurant we went to. Caballo <laughs> hamburguesa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there were bumper boats too, though, so that was the other good thing. What's you that? Could, oh, a bumper boat. You would go to Fiesta Village and there'd be a batting cage. There was a batting cage at the Mexican restaurant? Okay, oh yeah, sorry. Fiesta Village is an <laughs> entire park. I don't know if it's there anymore. The Mexican restaurant was on a hill inside the park. It was like the whole park was a weird caldera, as I remember it. <laughs> down a hill. So you go down this hill and then there's this weird caldera area and then one of the higher areas, there's a Mexican restaurant. And then down in the lower parts of the Mexican restaurant overlooked was Fiesta Village in general. And that was uh, like a crappy little park where you go and there's like little crappy rides, like a throw-up ride. You know, it shakes you, it punches you in the face. And then there was a batting cage or batting, I don't know. I never went to it because I hate baseball. But there was bumper boats and the bumper boats were right next to the arcade. And bumper boats were basically a giant inner tube with a lawnmower engine what? <laughs> and a shifter so you could go left or right. And you just get on this thing, and it would be loud, and, <laughs> and you would vibrate your whole body. And you know that below you is a lawnmower blade. Oh. So I wanted to do it, but at the same time, I would be terrified because I always had these images, like if you bumped into somebody too hard, what if their boat jumped in your inner tube and all you had was the blades, you know? Oh. Uh, yeah, it'd be like Frankenhooker, the movie, you know? The lady becomes... Did you ever see Frankenhooker? <laughs> I not have a good to movie. have been over 18 to watch this film. Uh, no, no, it was not that kind of... It was rated R. Jumping forward to my 20s, I worked at a music store called Music Plus for a while. And it was also a video store. Oh, so we had video cassettes on the wall. And we would get these special video cassettes that had big boxes. Sometimes they had little buttons you could push. And we had this one video of a horror movie called Frankenhooker. Um, <laughs> and it had a picture of a lady, and she's like Frankenstein, but she's a hooker. She's a prostitute. She's a sex worker. Or is she Frankenstein's hooker? No. She's, she's... Here's the premise, and this is why I segued from bumper boats and a giant lawnmower engine killing you 
to Frankenhooker. <laughs> the reason why I'm segueing is because in the story of Frankenhooker, the story is about how this guy was mowing his lawn and accidentally killed his girlfriend with his lawnmower. Uh, I can't remember how that happened, but it <laughs> happens. And so he had all the parts, so he put her back together, but I think he got, like, a sex worker's brain or something. Whatever was lying around. Yeah, and anyways, she became a prostitute. And so it was like Frankenstein, a lady wearing the telltale 70s, 80s gear of a sex worker with the moniker Frankenhooker. Her name wasn't Frank at all, and she would go out and do her job and uh, kill people, too, because it's a horror movie. Well, I, I, done, I put my girlfriend back together, and now she's hump-killing. Did he still love her? Did he try you to know, make it work? I don't know, but the best thing about this movie, I can't remember if I watched the whole thing. I think I might have put it on at work, but the best thing about this movie was that the box talked. It had a button on it, and when you pushed <laughs> the button on the box, the box would go, Want a date? Want a date? <laughs> Oh. This wasn't ahead of its time, Her, the movie yeah. Her, yeah. inspired by Frankenhooker. It could be. I mean, uh, there's less Alan Watts <laughs> in Frankenhooker than there is in Her. So like I said, it's been a long time. You learned how I'm segueing from uh, Riverside County to uh, Any Which Way But Loose to Oklahoma to Racist Tropes to Frankenhooker to Bumper Boats is because I'm going to be 50 next week. And this is what you do when you become old. All you have is the past, and it all hits you. Someone could show you a leaf and be like, I remember leaves. And then suddenly <gasps> you're talking about the time that your cat built a rocket in your basement. I love story time. <laughs> I feel like the older you get, the more everybody you meet reminds you of somebody else. Uh -huh. You don't know who the original person is anymore. What do you think? No. You've been too many people at that point. You know that thing where your body replaces all the cells every <laughs> seven years? But I think like, yeah. even your bone matter gets replaced in 11 years. So yeah. every 11 years, you're a brand new person. Woo. I think murderers could probably get out of jail and be like, that wasn't me. That was uh, the other guy. No. I'm now version 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't kill Selena. I'm no. regenerated. That was version one. There were some problems <laughs> in that yeah. version. We hit an update and uh, yeah. everything's fine now. Yeah. Like Frankenhooker. Like Frankenhooker. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was around the same time as like Basket Case. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those kinds of movies. So it has those kinds of effects. Those kind of hmm. movies sold you on their VHS cover. Oh, always, yeah. It was always a disappointment from there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to get so angry at video games when I was a kid. Because you'd get a cover for like an Atari 2400 game, and you'd be like, oh, this guy's got a laser, and he's going to backpack, and then you go to play it, and it's like two pixels the size of your fist. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, imagine that this is a laser. <laughs> no. I want things. I want to look at things. That's a light. That's a light, if anything. I was actually talking about VHS movies, but it was the same thing with video games, for sure. The cover art or whatever looked so detailed and cool. And you just would never get it back then. I mean, nowadays, you see it on the package. That's what you get. There's yeah. no having to imagine. I got into an argument, actually, with my good friend Jonin about uh -oh. this one. Because he loves all video games. He plays all <laughs> video games imaginable. He like, buys them alphabetically and then goes through them. <laughs> and... I wish I was kidding. But he, <laughs> we were talking about the video game covers. There was an art book out on classic video game covers. And I'm like, I was just having flashbacks. Uh, I'm like, oh, that one disappointed me and that one disappointed me. And he's like, don't you have an imagination? Why didn't you have an imagination? And I'm like, um, no. First of all, read your face. And then uh, second of all, I lived in Riverside County, San Bernardino <laughs> County. I moved like 14 times when I was a kid. Oh. So when you're living in these places, living in the Inland Empire was so depressing. It was so bleak. And uh, like my first house, we lived next to a rock quarry. And that's where I ride my bicycle. 
When I wanted something fantasy-like and enjoyable in that manner, I wanted to actually experience that thing. And mm -hmm. so when you're trying to escape and you get that video cover, you're like, I'm going to escape into this. And then you go and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm back in the rock quarry again. <laughs> but adults back then were so, at least in that area, very like sportsy. I had uncles with like Budweiser neon signs on their walls. Next to velvet mm -hmm. paintings on wood walls. Traditional Caucasian art. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I think I have a white trash background, is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, the 23 in me just says 10% white trash. I don't know how they would say that. <laughs> I lived with Havisha for a couple of years in Riverside County. Oh, yeah. Because um, I moved to L.A. when I was 20, 30 years ago. And Havisha and I were living together. And then... Things got really rough, so we moved back to Riverside for a while, and it was like a completely alien culture to her, because Tavish grew up around Little Tokyo, mm -hmm. um, multicultural stuff everywhere, and then we would go to a grocery store in Riverside, and she'd ask, do they have curry? And then the guy would literally say, what's curry? You know, and that was like 1998. Oh, no. I think they're probably different now in Riverside, but definitely it was a different world. Yeah, you're going to have to go down to Fiesta Village for some of that. Yeah, you want some curry, go to Fiesta Village. <laughs> Foreign stuff. Locks? What is that? <laughs> Locks. <laughs> yes, the most exotic cuisine. Locks Ever. bagels. Ricky, I remember in my childhood venturing down to Mexico town and mm -hmm. staying in Fiesta Village uh -huh. where we'd hit the batting cages with me hermanos. Uh -huh. and, and get the locks. Get locks, yeah. <laughs> Some locks with curry. <laughs> Yes, Abuela would get the tortas, mm -hmm. and she's been seasoning the locks all morning. All morning. <laughs> if you had said tortas like that in Riverside back then, they wouldn't have known what you were talking about. You mean the tortas? Yeah, the tortas. My favorite is Tavish's Japanese, mm -hmm. and she studied Japanese, too, when she was a child, so she always teaches me how to say things the right way in Japanese. So it's not oh. karaoke, it's karaoke. It's not bonsai, it's bonsai. Oh, is it? Bonsai if it's, you know, the little plants. Bonsai if you're going to kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get those oh, two straight. Hold on, I need to write this down. This is very important. Yeah. But the thing about English-speaking people... I've noticed over the years is that for some reason, English speakers always pronounce the middle syllable the most. Mm. So instead of saying karaoke, they say karaoke. You know, yes. uh, instead of saying Akira, they say Akira. Right, we do that. They say Hiroshima. Yeah. It's Hiroshima. Hiroshima <laughs> you know? You're right. That's totally what we do. When I was in Mexico looking for this medication called Bisloban. Uh -huh. I went to a pharmacy and I said, Si tiene Bioslovin? Bioslovin? It's the incredibly American way of trying to say Bisloban. Bisloban? Yeah, it sounds like something you would be like trying to find in Raccoon City, you know, when the zombies are coming. I think it sounds like Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Bioslovin! Bioslovin, yeah! <laughs> what is Raccoon City? Raccoon City from Resident Evil. That's oh, what the city was called. Yeah, Raccoon <laughs> City Police. Uh, you were a cop. You were blonde. I haven't played it in so long. I played two. And that was the only one I played. PlayStation 2, I think. I avoided a lot of games that were too scary. That was a scary one. Yeah, it had nothing to do with graphics. It's just jump scares. Even yeah. the old rides at Disneyland, I can't handle it. No, oh. wait. Oh, no, she's going to pop up. I can't handle this. What ride has a jump scare at Disneyland? Haunted um, Mansion? Actually, no. The old rickety bumper car rides that have cardboard cutouts that are spooky. Oh, <laughs> Oh, I mean like Pinocchio. Yes, Pinocchio, Peter Pan, Snow White. Yeah, I like Pinocchio. That's my favorite one. I like yeah. Dark Rides. I don't like the Matterhorn. That's because I'm six foot three, and I think oh. my head's going to get taken off. 
whenever I get on it. And I just don't fit. I don't fit in those little cars. Mm. I went on the Matterhorn with my nieces a few years ago, and they were little. They loved it because they're tiny. They fit. You could take like seven (laughs) of my nieces and pile them in the one seat. They'd be fine. But I'm like sitting, you know, piled in behind them in the one car all by myself, and they're laughing. They're fine. I'm like, I'm dying. My head is going to be on the lap of my nieces any second. Screams with laughter. (laughs) For you, it's called the decapitator. The decapitator, yeah. And there's a Bigfoot on it. You're trying not to die already, and then you round a corner, and there's a Bigfoot or a uh-huh. Wampa or something screaming at you. <laughs> what are you supposed to do with that? I like rides that don't want to murder me. Less murdery. Probably I, wouldn't I go on a bumper boat nowadays. Oh, the bumper boats with the lawnmower blade. <laughs> yeah, I think I've evolved enough thousands of years to avoid mm-hmm. rides that have all kinds of ways to go wrong. Mm-hmm. You? That's what they're for originally, I think. Uh, I think they're supposed to get the <laughs> illusion of death, but some of them just go, you know what? Screw the illusion. <laughs> You know, the guillotine was an original ride at Disneyland. Oh, I hear it's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I hear it's coming back in these times. The guillotine ride all over the country. I just think every amusement park ride, every crickety carnival ride was originally a method of execution, but they made it fun. Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, that's a lot of things in life. <laughs> you know, dodgeball, uh, definitely a yeah. form of execution. I don't even know what kids play at school nowadays. <laughs> I imagine it's all still the same. Dodgeball. Getting punched, getting punched uh, randomly. Yeah. <laughs> that was always a good sport. We had a lot more violence. Yeah. In my high school, because again, I traveled everywhere when I was a kid. By the time I got to Corona High, I graduated from Poly High in Riverside. The name of that city didn't age well. No, uh, it did not age well at all. But Corona High, <laughs> when I was there, had a smoking section. It was around 1980, I want to say three or four. God. But if you were 18, and had a mohawk, you could smoke cigarettes, <laughs> either a mohawk or like one side was mohawks and the other side was like Iron Maiden t-shirts. No mohawk, no maiden, no yeah. smoking. And the middle of it was a few Miami Vice dudes because <laughs> it was the 80s. So it was a few white jackets right. with pink shirts and a few semi-flock of seagull haircuts. And if you were 18, you could smoke on campus in the quad area, smoking section. Yeah, we got excited that we could leave campus to get Jack in the Box. (laughs) We didn't have fences around our school. We didn't have a cop or anything like that on campus. We didn't have a security officer. We said like a really mean janitor. (laughs) Was that the mascot of the school? Uh, For Corona, I think so. But (laughs) Poly High Riverside was a rich kid's school. My parents faked our address because I was thinking they did. They they wouldn't be going to the scary school, Mm -hmm. so they used their white privilege and Mm -hmm. put me... It was a public school, but kids there drove up in their own Porsche, and I came up on my bicycle. So I didn't really fit in there, but it was fine because at that point, I only had two years left of school, and I spent the last year going to college anyways to get away from high school. and <laughs> To recover from high yeah, school. Yeah, that school had so many things. That, I don't know, it was like being a, in another world for a while there because Riverside was Riverside, so it was mostly white kids everywhere, but these white kids had money and not just mess. <laughs> like, their parents were on <laughs> cocaine, you know? Uh, <laughs> That's the difference. Yeah. You made and they were pull- Ricky, we're in cocaine town. <laughs> and then here's the kids pulling up in their own, you know, Porsche 911. Another name that didn't age well. Did not age well at all, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in my 9-11 at Corona High School. This school had something that I had never heard of until I attended at it, and that was a water polo team. Oh, isn't that the prep school 
sport of choice, like water polo. Yeah, they play wow. polo, but no horses. They're like, you know what? We can't find the horses because this is Riverside. The horses died a long time ago. We ate them. <laughs> they all got grilled up at Fiesta Village. <laughs> they all got grilled up at Fiesta Village. That's how we got here. The horses died. We couldn't go any further. We heard there were uh, people who didn't look like us on the horizon, so we're just going to stop here. We're going to build the mess mines, and now we are going to prosper. Bring us the water polo. <laughs> build a pool of water in the earth, throw some hunks in it, and have those hunks <laughs> chase each other at a little ball and pretend they're horses, seahorses. Or a bunch of shady adults sat around at school and said, how can we get our young strapping lads to shave their legs? How do we make this happen? Yeah, there was some of that probably too. <laughs> Ricky, what are you going to do for your birthday? Oh, I don't know. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to sit in my room and think about what I've done. <laughs> you know what you did. <laughs> I'll pretend that I've been grounded. I don't like thinking about 50. It's terrible. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people that don't look their age, but man... You are at the top of the list of friends I have who made my eyes pop out. <laughs> well, thank out. you. Yeah, I'll tell you my secret. No children. Yeah. <laughs> I don't drink. I don't smoke. And no children. This clean living thing. I just don't <laughs> buy it. There's no proof, yeah. even though there's tons of proof that it yeah. works. Clean living. And not on purpose either. I just can't seem to figure out how any of that stuff works. Like, I tried smoking once. Long time ago, high school, high school the, yeah, someone handed me a cigarette, and I think I swallowed it, um, <laughs> and that was the end of it. <laughs> Your first smoking experience was a punishment for a kid yeah. who got caught smoking. <laughs> <laughs> and drinking, I've just never... I like Campari. I bought a bottle of Campari last night. I thought, it's almost my birthday. I'm going to have a Campari. I haven't had a Campari in a very long time. Oh, you're going wild, Ricky, with the... I know. Off their teeth, man. Campari on the rocks last night. Woo! It's nice. Yeah, it's nice. I drank it with a lot of Pedialyte on the side. (laughs) Part of the gift that keeps giving is I have arrhythmia, and uh, I can't drink anyways now because my heart will go... Hey, let's do the tap dance. No, oh. we're, just watch- we're just watching cartoons. We don't have to do a tap dance right now. Okay, take the shoes off. Have some Pedialyte. <laughs> so yeah, the Pedialyte's good. Keep the hydration levels up and helps keep Mr. Heart down and nappy nap time. I think this is a new ad campaign for Pedialyte. It's a chaser. <laughs> it's a chaser, it's yeah. A chaser. Actually, I have met people like that at conventions who bring urns of alcohol and Pedialyte. <laughs> Is your heart doing a tap dance? How about... <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Oh, that's still one of the best cartoons ever. I only know classical music because of Bug Bunny. Looney Tunes. If anything, Looney Tunes is great because it took horribly educated people like me as a child. Horribly. <laughs> introduced me to, you know... Uh, something high class. Mm-hmm. I never would have listened to Tchaikovsky. I never listened to Bach <laughs> right. or Carl Orff or whoever, you know. If it wasn't for Lincoln's pulling that lawnmower cord and starting that engine. It was a great trickery to get children to appreciate classical music. This is why I think in Animal Crossing, they should put a library in that game. Just like how you collect fossils and stuff, you should collect books. And you can actually read them. Like you take them to your house and you sit down and you can read Moby Dick. I would read Moby Dick if my character was reading it in Animal Crossing. I have never read Moby Dick. I hear it's got a whale in it, though. A lot of whale. It's about a whale, and it sinks, and then this lady's boyfriend dies on a plank. I think that's what it was. Tricking you into learning something. Yeah. That's the most fun. Kids can read Lolita. (laughs) All the good stuff. They could read some Tropic of Cancer (laughs) in Animal Crossing. 
Yay, we're going to start the bell jar today. Come, kids. Oh, the bell jar. <laughs> I've read so much Annie as men. Oh, yeah? Which is strange because I'm an asexual. And I usually only like stuff about sex unless it's funny. <laughs> I love Monty Python because it makes it palpable for me because it's mm-hmm. stupid. <laughs> I love Annie Nin though, because it doesn't feel like she's actually talking about bonkin'. It just sounds like she's talking about flowers. <laughs> like, oh, she's just doing flower arranging. Nice. <laughs> then you look at Henry Miller, who she's pals with, who she was bonking. And he's just like, body part, body part, body part, body part, body part, body part, body part. I'm like, whoa, whoa, look at the eyes, at least for once. Look up for just a second, Frank Miller. Not Frank Miller, Henry Miller. What if Anias Nin was dating Frank Miller? <laughs> Sin City by Anias Nin. I feel like you appreciate Georgia O'Keeffe paintings simply as being lovely flowers. They are nice flowers. Georgia O'Keeffe, you know, she's one of those painters... I enjoy her work. This is the thing about abstract painting and a lot of modernist paintings that you can look at something and you go, wow, that's a nice section of a painting. Where's the rest mm-hmm. of it? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm also an artist. Mm-hmm. I look at stuff that they do a lot of times. I'm like, that's like a corner. Where's the rest of the painting? Where's <laughs> This is like what? A close-up of someone's cheek? What is this? Uh, <laughs> can we pan back? Can I see the scene? This is a bad Instagram crop of a yeah. larger painting. I mean, this is a Cocteau Twins album cover, which is nice. I like those. But I assume that the Cocteau Twins album covers are what they are, which is a close-up of a wall <laughs> at close range and someone threw some weird light on it. Very pretty. <laughs> but it's a wall. You know that's a wall. I'm imagining you getting very mad at a puzzle piece. Oh, Ugh. puzzles are infuriating. I can't do them. Down with puzzles. Oh, yeah, totally. I wouldn't spend time on them uh, unless I had dementia, because <laughs> then I wouldn't know what I was doing anymore. And I would try to figure out what my name was anyways. Only a few years away. Oh, no. You got that clean vision. <laughs> True, but your brain doesn't know it. Your brain is sort of like the only organ that doesn't know it's in the body. I do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you have insomnia. Let's smoke in <laughs> high school. Yeah. So how's your day? Sweaty. Yeah, it's sweaty out, isn't it? Where are you at? Is it 114 where you are? Well, I need to talk to Tabisha sometime about growing up in the valley because we have this in common. I live here now. I grew up here. Oh, she was born in Pacoima. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 10 minutes from me. She was born in Pacoima, and she spent all her time in Little Tokyo as a child and was raised around Winnetka. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Korea. right. Her parents drove. I didn't go anywhere. So <laughs> I didn't know what was around here. I'm impressed. Winnetka to Little Tokyo. Wow. Yeah, well, she's German and Japanese. Her dad was the German side and her mom was the Japanese mm. side. And, mm. and when she was a little kid, she found manga and she wanted to read it. And yeah. her grandfather was so excited that she wanted to read Japanese. He took her immediately to Japanese school to learn it. Oh, I love it. But yeah, you should talk to Tavish sometime. She's a chatty person. Yeah, that's sweet. I love it. Maybe you'll have a special birthday celebration with Tavish. <laughs> we haven't been to Little Tokyo all year. Yeah. In fact, the last time we went to Little Tokyo, we went to Curry House, and the next day it was out of business. Yeah. Nobody knew that it was going to go out of business that night. Oh, I wish I knew so I could buy the plastic Curry House items in the front window. Oh, I know. Oh. I was so heartbroken. I went to their Facebook page, and I downloaded the pictures of all the food. <laughs> Because these foods were friends. Tavish and I had been going to Curry House together since we met in uh, 1990. So that was almost 30 years of going to the same restaurant. Oh, that's emotional. It was, because we would see friends there. We would bump into friends there that we hadn't seen in a while. 
some of the same waitresses had been there forever. Yeah. Yeah, it was very sad. Didn't like it. Mm, I didn't into, know that the pandemic was coming right after that. The only people I know that knew were my friend Morgan and my gynecologist. Oh. Both, both of them in February knew COVID was coming here and it would ruin our lives. <laughs> oh, I figured that COVID would eventually get here. Yeah. When I first heard about it in January, all I had to do is look at who was in charge of the country and go, oh, once that gets here... Holy shit. (laughs) Wait, let me look this up now. Who's in charge here? Let me check the Google box. I read an article a long time ago, before Trump was president, actually, about this reporter who had spent a lot of time in Russia. And I've been to Moscow, and I agree with this reporter. This reporter left Moscow and went back to reporting in the West because he got bored. He wasn't chased out of Moscow. You know, he didn't feel threatened. He just got really Hmm. bored being a reporter in Moscow because... He figured out after a while that he could predict any of the news in Moscow if he was just pessimistic (laughs) enough. (laughs) I can't relate. And that's the way this administration is. If something comes up and you go, oh, this is the worst possible outcome, they could choose the wrong way to go on this. That's just what they're going to do. (laughs) And that's because society needs to be served by leaders who serve society. But instead, we have a a leadership that's serving leadership instead of serving society. So all you have to do is go, (laughs) oh thing that's coming up, will that thing benefit me or will it benefit them? And if it's going to benefit them, we're never going to see it. And so that's what we're living through right now. Why are we even having these little things like, I can't wear a mask because my elbows get raw. What? (laughs) Hurts my feelings. (laughs) I can't wear a mask because the mask hurts my feelings. (laughs) They not only cut out the middleman, they cut out the fellow man. Yeah. Fellowship of the ring, more like the me-ship of the me. Yeah. For God so loved the world, no. For God so yeah. loved America first. The sentence doesn't even make sense, but it's in the Bible. Yeah, all you have to know about Trump is that he was really into the cocaine 80s. You know, the rich cocaine <laughs> oh, side. Of- yeah, he didn't go to Corona High School. He went to the, no. the 9-11 High School. <laughs> and his background is more Jason Bateman, yeah. cocaine 80s, Huey Lewis in the News chainsawing somebody than it is like my 80s, which was Ghostbusters and Fraggle Rock collecting Starlock magazine. That's what I remember the 80s. But no, he had cocaine 80s uh, and (laughs) that's where he's at. So what we're experiencing is cocaine 80s aftermath right now. Every day in America is like the ghost of cocaine 80s past. Like the ghost of Christmas past? No, it's the ghost of cocaine 80s past moving through every aspect of our lives right now. Why are you leading me to this bowl of ice I'm going to dunk my face in? (laughs) This is your bowl of ice because your head is killing you. If you stay on this path, you will have benders. Exactly. What was the magazine you liked? Star something? Oh, Starlog. Yeah, that was on the internet. I collected Starlog, S-T-A-R-L-O-G, Starlog. Since I was a child in the 70s, I think Starlog Magazine was my thing to go to until I was about 18, 17, 18. It's basically a science fiction magazine that had everything about movies. The ones in the 70s were just articles about Star Trek and Space 1999 and all these these other weird science fiction movies, you know. And they would have interviews and articles. So it was my internet as far as looking stuff up and seeing what's present. Awesome. And then in the 80s, they had stuff on Blade Runner. And, mm. But the cool thing about the magazine was in the back of it, it had a catalog section. Nice. And you had all these listings to order catalogs from companies that sold science fiction paraphernalia. Like I ordered blueprints for Moonbase Alpha from Space 1999, which I still have those blueprints. It's a big book. Cool. And I had a standard letter that I would handwrite to all these companies asking for their catalog. Uh, I wrote, Dear 
base catalog. I would like to know if I may have a copy of your catalog so that I may purchase items from your catalog. Love, Ricky. And I would get those catalogs. It's because you were so polite. They appreciated how polite you were. Sure. <laughs> the only comparison I have is Entertainment Weekly, and mm-hmm. I would have loved to have Starlog because I was a lot nerdier than an Entertainment Weekly fan, you know. Right. But as a child, I was excited to get it. But there was nothing cool in the catalog. It was more like a fanny pack that says Entertainment Weekly or or get this exclusive Buffy the Vampire's Slayer baseball hat. Was it still the era? I remember this used to be in TV Guide. I don't know if you remember TV Guide. Oh, yeah. Uh, they would have, like, if you draw Tippy the Turtle, you can get this art. Can you draw Turtle, turtle Pirate? pirate? Yeah. We'll tell you if you're an artist. Oh, wait, I can do the voice. I can do the voice. He said, hi. Are you an artist? That's what it sounded like. Do you remember the commercial? Was there a TV commercial? Yeah, there's a TV commercial. It's oh, I didn't guy, see the TV commercial. Older white guy showed the turtle pirate and said, Hi, are you an artist? Whoa. <laughs> no, I just remember the TV guide advertisement. There was a mm-hmm. pirate turtle. There was a turtle, there was a pirate, there was a rabbit, Frankenhooker. <laughs> Can you draw Frankenhooker? <laughs> White guy in a sombrero from Fiesta Village. Yay. He could draw all these guys. Hey, you know, if you drew the white guy from Fiesta Village, they would put it on the kids' menu so the little ninos can color him. Color him right in. Right there in the hamburger right. menu. Color him using the peach crayon. That's the flesh color? Well, that's what we call it because we're racist. Do they still call that color in particular flesh? Did they change that yet? For crayons officially, yes, they did change that. But okay. in women's underwear and women's pantyhose, you still see that all the time. It's only God. Nude flesh tones. No. Something's need an update, I think. Yeah. Like, what color you are when you're naked is not always white, lady. <laughs> the guy who's in charge of design all that stuff, he's like, everyone's white when they're naked, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course it's a guy. Women's pantyhose is my passion. Look, I have a Pornhub account. I know everyone's white when they're naked. <laughs> or they're cartoons, and they have really big titties for some reason. Oh, there's always that artist in the Artist Alley at conventions. Oh, God. <laughs> Kitty Alley. <laughs> All right, Ricky. This was a good pre-birthday chat. It was nice hearing from you. <laughs> you too. I hope you go hard on that Pedialyte. Do a couple extra shots. I'm just going to line them up, put some limes in them, and just down yeah. one Pedialyte after another. <laughs> this guy knows how to party. And then at around midnight, I'll feel that final cell that sheds itself, and I'll know that I have once again become an entirely new human being. My you'll eyesight reach- will suddenly get worse all at once. You'll reach your final form, Turtle Pirate. Oh, man, if only. <laughs> Thanks for calling me. Tell Travis I said hello. Okay, talk later. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Today's episode was brought to you by Traditional Caucasian Art, Bioslovin, and The Ghost of Cocaine 80s Past. Please stay on the line for our next episode with Shondalia White. Mm-hmm.